It's the Higher Side Chats Podcast, but you can call it THC. Always talking fringe ideas, digging up conspiracies. Stuff they don't want you to know, it's the stuff we want to see. That's life here on the Higher Side. Guys and gals, how you doing out there? From sunny San Diego, I'm Greg Carlwood, and I think we're just going to skip the intro because this isn't really a show in the traditional sense for THC. And of course, I did just say in the last wrap-up how sick I am of hearing about this virus, and I just want to keep doing shows that I have planned. But, you know, that was in the old world, when we could still leave the house and restaurants were a thing. And I'm half kidding, but things have changed pretty drastically in just a few days and i'm feeling the need to say something just based off the emails that i'm getting from people who are really worried out there i get it i understand why you would be and a lot of people do look to a show like thc for guidance at least that's what the things in my email inbox are saying now But it's important to remember that I am just a regular guy like a lot of you. Sure, I'm skeptical of the system, and I don't exactly trust what I'm being told, especially when what I'm being told translates directly into more control over the population. But I am no doctor, I have no insider knowledge, and of course I research things, but if you're a listener, and you hear the same shows that I'm recording... The chasm between our insights might not be as wide as you think. Basically, I'm just saying that it's easy to want to scramble for answers and advice, and I'm humbled that some people look at me that way. And we should all have our trusted or preferred sources of information, and I don't want to let anyone down. That's why I'm saying something. But sometimes things happen so quickly that I would be more skeptical of anyone claiming to have real answers right now. I love you guys. I want you to be safe and also critical. But we have been doing this show for 10 years. We've talked to a lot of great guests about the immune system and proper care and trying to keep our stress levels down. We've been cultivating this knowledge for a long time for situations like this. But as I mentioned, I did record several THC shows before any of this stuff got to this sort of level. And yes, I want to roll those out, but I've also recorded two since that time in which this story got too big and too intrusive to ignore. And I want to get those out sooner. And I'm working on some more targeted guests that might be more tuned into this particular topic as their expertise. But those are not going to get recorded until next week. And this could all either be blown over by then, or we could be in a situation of even a tighter, more aggressive lockdown. But an example of this is, like, I interviewed Ross Ben yesterday, and it's being edited now, and he's not an expert on viruses, and he didn't come here to talk about that, but we had it on the books. He came here to talk about 5G Wellness 101 and mitigating EMF with sacred stones and crystals, but this virus story is getting too big to ignore. 5G might be a problem, but it's not as immediate as what we're dealing with today. So yes, we talk about it, and I do think he's got some insights, but it's just two guys pitballing, really. And I try to refer to this situation as 
a virus story or a virus saga because I just don't know how serious or severe an actual virus is. We can't know. What's really bothered me over the last 48 hours is more the move towards total lockdown. And of course, stories like this one about France. Tough new restrictions have come into force in France. No one can now leave home without a government form that they print out to justify their reason for being outside. For the next two weeks, people are only allowed out to go to work, to buy essential food or medical supplies for a family emergency or to exercise or walk a dog, but they must be on their own and they face a fine if these conditions are not met. Concerning stuff. And I said when I shared this, when we're all inside signing forms to leave, when is a virus gone? We're accepting this because we're expecting it to be over in a couple of weeks, but what if we're told that it's gone airborne and now we're just safer doing everything we do in quarantine? And I've seen information suggesting multiple scenarios when it comes to an actual virus. Could be something that accidentally got out from the Wuhan biolab and the market is just a scapegoat, does make sense. Conveniently, there's a biolab there. I also never discount some corporate or intergovernmental espionage. Maybe that operation happened and clearly would have gotten out of hand if that were the case. I've also heard stories about this virus being way more deadly than they're saying, that they're fudging the numbers, and that's the reason for the what seems to be a big overreaction. You can't totally discount that either, but there's always going to be counter-narratives that are also untrue, like a mild conspiracy hidden within an operation like this. I would say if we look at 9-11, I am on the side of Dr. Judy Wood, directed energy weapons, basically a completely new technology, an unstudied technology, and then you have the narrative of nanothermite. To me, nanothermite is something injected into the story for people to latch onto who are of the 9-11 truth variety so that it keeps the prospect of this unknown alternative energy technology off the table. You see how it's a limited hangout. If they can't keep both things a secret, that they caused 9-11 and that they used an exotic weapon to do it, they can at least hide one of those things with a clever cover story. I don't discount that possibility when people are saying, oh, this virus is more deadly than it's said to be. That gives people who are alternative thinkers an alternative narrative that conveniently would cause more paranoia, not less. But again, alternative thinkers expect there to be some lies in the narrative. It's just about where are the lies, and that's your own discernment. You also have people like Don Luster and David Parker who would side more with John Rappaport that this is a heavily manufactured story, a psyop. Highly charged and hyped up, and maybe there is no real virus at all. I don't want to affirm that myself because I don't know, but I am keeping up with John Rappaport at nomorefakenews.com just because I do find him compelling. And I want there to be no virus. I asked him to come on THC, and I'm sure he's just too busy right now. It's all good. But I am concerned over how quickly we are to 
accept this, more the measures and the policies than accept the reality of a virus. There's not a lot of questions being asked, and the authorities have been very overwhelming with their particular narrative. And it all happened so quick. I've joked with so many friends back in Missouri who think the value of living back there is that when the shit hits the fan, they're a little more off the grid. And I always joke and say, well, when the shit hits the fan, I'll see it coming and I'll get back there and we'll start our little community. And then this happened and it happened quite quick. And I wonder, could I even get on a plane now to go back to Missouri? Granted, I could drive, and sure, I could probably fly, but I've had this conversation with people outside of the country, too, who live in similar situations. Could I leave the country right now if I wanted to? I just read a story that they closed the American-Canadian border, so I don't know. I hope we learn a few lessons when we get on the other side of this about controlling our own lives, system dependence, self-sufficiency. We knew we should have taken care of some of these things in our lives, and we were just waiting. And hopefully next time we don't wait. But this whole idea that we're only interacting through the internet now has me really concerned. I've seen a decent amount of online censorship when it comes to some of the alternative theories about this virus that I've just kind of laid out there. Any threads that aren't particularly on brand for the big narrative are being censored by Facebook and YouTube with messages that their post has been deemed misinformation. And we knew that was happening, but when we've been sent home and we're communicating almost fully through the internet, and now certain conversations and ideas are being limited, it's way more impactful. We've had a lot of guests talk about the importance of living in the real world and turning off the TV and getting off social media. But what do we do now? What do we do when we've been banned from gathering and we've actually been made afraid of each other with very Orwellian language like social distancing? It's an alarming precedent to set. I'm not saying if it's justified or not, but it is just an alarming precedent to set. This virus isn't even that bad, they say. So what about the next virus? This is something we can't see. So when is it a problem? And how can we ever really know if and when it's over? This whole operation seems to have gone so well, genuine or not, again. How could they not use this technique in the future? So these reactions and these policies are what concern me more than any virus. I mean, what is the phrase? Give me liberty or give me manageable flu-like symptoms, I think is what they say. <laughs> but again, not telling anyone what to do or how to think. These are just my thoughts. And I have a lot of concerns about the economics of the whole thing. I know too many people who are living paycheck to paycheck, working in the restaurant and service industries, and I don't know what is going to happen to them, but I will be there to help anyone that I know in my inner circle who does need it, because that's the role, I think, of a person who has been digesting these kind of ideas for a long time, or just anyone who's maybe more prepared. You know, you got to help you and yours. And even if this is just some accidental random virus, 
we know they never let a good crisis go to waste. And I think that that's pretty apparent when you look at what's going on economically. We know that our economy has been on thin ice for a long, long time. And I think the people with their hands on the financial levers are making moves right now under the guise of coronavirus panic that probably needed to be made anyway, or were probably on shaky ground anyway. Let's let the bottom fall out now that we have a scapegoat and we don't have to admit that this debt-based system of rule has been built to fail for a long time. Things didn't crash again because we didn't put anyone in jail after 2008. It was the virus. You know, I think there's a lot of that going on. But it does seem like all the efforts are about controlling people. If this is so serious and it came from a particular type of market, and that's the genuine source, I would expect to see more measures aimed at changing how markets like that operate. It's like nobody's really worried about fixing the supposed practice that created these conditions. It's just about getting everyone home and relying on the apps and the internet to bring us what we need and to communicate with the outside world. What if some people are really traumatized by this? So traumatized that they start developing a bubble boy mentality. I bet some will. I'm sure some have already. I'm also concerned about a level where we're signing forms to leave. I don't think it's going to get there, but it makes me think about something like testing. What if we need to test negative to be out and about? You already know people are blindly putting their trust in these tests. What about false positives? Now you're the pariah of your community? What if? And I'm stretching here, but what if Amazon decides to be the hero here and ship everyone a test, and you've got to send it back to get the results? Maybe they selectively send false positive tests to people like us. Or maybe they just declare them positive when we have to send them back. Now quarantine is mandatory, and all your friends and family will think it's justified, symptoms or not. We have to make sure we're managing those levels of trust and skepticism and discernment. You know, everyone's talking about a vaccine, too. What if we have to get some kind of vaccine stamp on our ID to get back out into the public? I mean, we are in uncharted waters here, guys. We didn't do this for Ebola or for the swine flu or the bird flu. And I'm a bit concerned with the overall level of trust in the system. We can't control what the system does, but I'm also concerned with the shaming that I'm seeing of people who are outside. Lots of online shaming. And maybe we should all just play it safe for a while. Better safe than sorry, but it's a slippery slope. And be careful not to let the paranoia of it all cause us to turn on each other. Because first, we're shaming people for being outside right now. Then we're shaming them for not getting the vaccine. And again, we just have to be very careful with all of this. Don't behave predictively, and don't fight the system's fight for them. I already see this driving a wedge between millennials and boomers. You know, Obviously, that wedge was there, but now the stakes are higher. I see this causing all kinds of divisions, and I just want to fight back or speak out against that. Try to be more sober, <laughs> so to speak, of course, and just positive and fearless. 
Don't be reactionary and judgmental and paranoid. Try to support each other. Try to calm each other down. We are the ones who should be prepared for this. Not necessarily like we've stocked up, but we should be the reliable voice among the madness. And keep your sense of humor, please. We are beings of infinite awareness having an experience, for Christ's sake. And we should also not only focus on the Orwellian, martial law, conspiratorial ideas and threads and thoughts we have around this situation. It's also important to remember what we've learned about magic, what we've learned about consciousness, what we've learned about intention. Intention works. Having positive thoughts works. The placebo effect works both ways. I think that's important too. Don't take it for granted and involve yourself in those sorts of exercises. Intention exercises. Meditation. Prayer, should I say? No, let's not go that far. <laughs> I kid. And I do think this will be as temporary as they're saying. I do hope that. But the Patriot Act still gets renewed. I still can't wear shoes on an airplane. You know, these things don't always get rolled back when the threat is over. What about a virus next year? Or what if they say, wow, we saw so much less CO2 during this crisis. We're going to have to regulate behavior more for the sake of the planet. Something to watch out for. Amazon is also hiring 100,000 people. We already know it's one of the worst companies to work for. Closest thing to a backbreaking Chinese factory that we have. And if Amazon wasn't killing retail fast enough already, it's doing a lot of damage right now. And I can't even truly say buy local right now. I don't want to put anyone in the path of a potential virus. So I don't have real advice. It would be irresponsible to have any other than be aware and be prepared mentally. Be wary of allowing the digital to be the middleman between all of our human interaction for too long. And don't be afraid to get some sunlight. Don't be afraid to help each other and reach out to your friends and family that need you. We want to be the reliable person they're glad to know in tough times, not the chicken littles of their lives. We're not here to say, I told you so, anything like that. I'm sounding very dramatic and defeatist, and that's not the purpose. I hope we can just balance our concerns with our ability to be a light for the people. <laughs> Such a lame phrase, but I do mean that. Have some fun, take care of you and yours, catch up on some movies, and uh, tune into THC. We're going to have a mix of shows that were recorded before and after things got crazy for the rest of March, and I think that's a good thing. We have to continue to have other interests and other topics in our minds. It can't just be this one thing. And remind yourself that you're better equipped for tough times than most. Take care out there. Keep those immune systems up for good measure, and I'll either talk to you on Friday night's joint session, 7 p.m. Pacific, maybe it'll be a little group therapy for all of us, or you can just catch one of the killer shows that I got in the chamber. Best of luck. I love you all. Serenity now. I won't take it. No, I refuse. If it's all right, I'll keep my refuge. I've been scheming of bigger things and have to leave my old life behind.
that simple. The best protection of all is the special shelter built according to specifications of your local civil defense organization. The basement of any house or building will become a good improvised shelter if you block the windows with sandbags. If you don't have sandbags, just what can you do? Take it under. You'll find me in the bunker, bunker, bunker. Take it under. Bunker, take it under.